You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. What's up, everybody? Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside John Heyman, and this is Big Time Baseball. We have a fantastic episode ahead for you. You can kind of call it the trade deadline edition. Uh, you can follow both myself and John Heyman to, at Tony Gwynn Jr. at John Heyman uh, on Twitter. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Big Time Baseball on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Listen, uh, 32 trades. 89-plus players being moved. Not a whole bunch of star power, uh, but nevertheless, I I think towards the end of the deadline, John, uh, this trade deadline I think was saved by a big deal the Padres made. Let's get right to – cut right to the chase. Who was your – who were your deadline winners uh, to start with? Well, the Padres were the big winner. They they saved us. I mean, your team saved us. There's no question about it. The Clevenger deal was the huge deal that we were all waiting for. And uh, in that 24-hour period before he was actually dealt on the deadline day, uh, it finally started to look like he was going to be dealt, that uh, Cleveland was going to trade from strength. Uh, he obviously had a falling out to someone in that clubhouse uh, disregarding the pandemic rules, the protocols, and uh, sticking with the team, flying back with the team, even after he'd been out and uh, his buddy Zach Plesak had been punished. Uh, he eventually was caught. So uh, uh, Clevenger uh, was traded, and that was the big deal. But you're right. Uh, beyond that, uh, you know, I had a list of names I was following. Uh, that was the one huge one that was traded. Guys not traded included that we'd heard about might be uh, Bauer, Hader, J.D. Martinez, Bogertz, Lindor, uh, of course, then Lynn, Cueto, Bundy, Cobb, Merrifield. Um, so it's a long list of guys who were not traded, but I, I think the Padres saved us with that big deal and all their big deals. Yeah, no doubt about it. The Padres were probably, not probably, were the busiest team at the deadline. That deal we're talking about included Mike Clevenger, Greg Allen, a player to be named later, all going to the Padres. In return, the Indians get Austin Hedges, Josh Naylor, Cal Quantrill, uh, infield prospect Gabriel Arias, Joey Cantillo, and Owen Miller, all uh, minor league prospects. Uh, The Padres keep their top five prospects uh, throughout all of these moves. And uh, John, I got to say, the Padres did a whole lot of willing and dealing there. They didn't uh, they didn't end there. They also made a big deal uh, with the uh, the Red Sox. They get Mitch Moreland as as their DH. Uh, the Red Sox get Hudson Potts and and, and, and Jason uh, Rosario. But they also made a deal with the Mariners, who probably were the biggest sellers 
uh, here at the deadline. The Padres uh, acquire Austin Nola, Austin Adams, Dan Atavia in exchange for Taylor Trammell, Luis Torrens, Andres Munoz, and infielder Ty France. Um, you mentioned some of those guys that weren't dealt, and the Reds come to mind. They hang on to Bauer, uh, and they actually go out and make some moves for themselves. They acquire uh, outfielder Brian Goodwin uh, from the uh, Angels for for Packy Naughton and a player to be named later. What is what do you do? They they feel like they're still in this. You think, huh? <laughs> yeah, the Reds are interesting. I'll get to them in a second. I, I do want to touch on what you mentioned with the Padres. They did a great job of of buying in, in, in a market that was a seller's market and kept all of their top prospects in my mind, yeah. the really yeah. top ones, Gore, Patino, plus the guys they made, uh, they got in trades, which were great trades, Grisham and Cronenworth, guys that teams were asking about. So uh, they gave up a lot in quantity. I do like Quant- Quantrill a lot. Uh, and Naylor certainly can hit. We'll see if he can play left field. That's where he's going to go for the Indians. Indians got a lot of, uh, quantity um yeah, and yeah i understand why they did it they traded from strength but uh you know i gotta hand it to aj preller and company did a very good job there uh yeah getting to the reds uh yeah it's interesting to see uh in the national league you know almost everybody but the pirates basically and the diamondbacks uh believes that they are in it um so uh, i get it with the reds they have underachieved they have not done a good job uh, considering uh, that roster that they have, I, I get it. I, if I'm them, I, I have a hard time selling from that team too. You've got a great top three uh, there in in the pitching ranks, um, and you've got uh, an excellent lineup. And uh, you know, I mean, they're they're trying to improve. Uh, I get it. They could have tried to trade Bauer, who had a, uh, a free agent after the year, and and they would have gotten something decent for him. Better certainly better than the draft choice that they will get um, when they offer him. Uh, the uh, the contra- the qualifying offer, but uh, you know I, I get what the Reds are doing. Uh, Goodwin is a nice little addition. Archie Bradley helps the uh, bullpen. Yeah. Uh, those are incremental moves, though. So uh, you know I don't I don't think they made big moves. Not many people did, other than the Padres. But uh, generally, I I would have done what they did. So it's hard for me to criticize. I, I can't sell with the team that they have on paper. They should be better, and they feel like in the second half they're going to be better. Yeah, that 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 those moves definitely, uh, I think, caught most of us who are in the the baseball industry by surprise. But again, with the sixty game season, um, there was go- there was the anticipation that there would be a lot of teams that were in it, and uh, there certainly seems to be a lot of teams that that feel like they're in it uh, in a seller's market. Now we talked about the winners in the Padres. Um, I would say the Padres probably fit the bill for who made the most significant moves at the deadline as well. Yeah, I mean, the Padres definitely did. Uh, they, they went out and they wanted to get a relief pitcher, a starting pitcher, uh, a, a catcher, uh, and a hitter. And they got all of those in spades. And in fact, they got two catchers. Um, so uh, they did everything that they wanted to do. And um, I give them credit for having such a great prospect stash that they were going to be able to make these moves without giving up their top five guys. As, as you mentioned, uh, the Clevenger was the most significant move to get a guy who's a top one or two pitcher. Uh, now his, his stuff is a little bit down from last year and uh, obviously had that issue with the clubhouse, but I mean, he's a, he's a number one or two starter to get one of them uh, at any point is a, a fantastic deal. I'm not going to compare it to Verlander with the Astros, but uh, you know, you're going to go into a, 
a playoff series with the Dodgers or whomever, you're going to want to have a good top two or three pitchers. And uh, they weren't, you know, despite having a good lineup, uh, they, they need to have aces. I mean, Paddock was certainly good. Lamette, certainly good. Uh, but uh, they needed more and they did it. And to get two catchers, uh, it was interesting. Uh, the one criticism I heard is to overhaul your catching means that you might be might have a change in philosophy and have to make adjustments because the catchers obviously affect what's going on with the pitchers and it's a big deal but look nola caught last night they had a shutout and we're talking here on tuesday they caught uh their first game was a shutout at coors field so i can't do any better than that and uh you know everybody thinks castro is terrific working with pitchers so uh to me they made the most significant moves they made the best moves and, uh, you know, I, I got to hand it to them. I mean, they were so far in front, it's hard to even pick a second place. I might go with the Jays for second place, but yeah. uh, clearly the Padres stole the show. Yeah, no, you, you got to give a, a lot of credit to A.J. Preller because he took some criticism over the last four or five years for almost hoarding prospects. I mean, you think about the moves they made at the deadline last year. They acquire uh, Taylor Trammell. Uh, for 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 uh, Framil Reyes, who's who's having a, a good season with the Indians, uh, it just so happens they didn't have a DH in the in National League last year. They had one this year. You could have used a guy like Framil, uh, but he's gone. You end up flipping Tremel and, and bringing a bringing a, a, a some some players in that uh, are going to actually help you compete in the the stretch run of this playoff run and. You, you mentioned the Padres because the first three questions I have on here in terms of, you know, who was the winner, who made significant moves, who did the best job addressing their team needs, the Padres are, are winners in all three of those categories. So I'll skip the addressing their team needs. Let's talk about which trade made the least sense to you, John. <laughs> the least sense? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the, the, the team that uh, made uh, – that. that to me, I didn't quite get, and uh, I, I I understand it now that I it's been told to me. But um, uh, it, it, to me, it's still uh, curious that the Rangers didn't didn't do anything. Um, that yeah. would be the team uh, to me. I mean, they traded minor, but they didn't do the big moves that people were looking at, which was Lynn and Gallo, and um, I, I thought that was rather curious. Um, now, uh, from what I see, you know, obviously the Padres were willing to go out there and uh, take some chances and traded six guys to get the, the Clevenger in the package deal there. Uh, but there weren't a lot of teams trading prospects. I think the pandemic uh, hurt them. There aren't stats on these guys, uh, the prospects. Uh, nobody's got their eyes on them. The scouts aren't watching them. Uh, it was a difficult time. And, and teams uh, were not willing to really trade prospects because uh, they're, at least to them, quantities that uh, will not cost too much. And uh, I think people are worried about uh, the money in in, in in the pandemic, certainly the teams are not making the kind of money that they normally make. And uh, the Rangers were kind of caught there. Right? It was bad timing and they got some bad timing on Gallo. He struggled for two weeks. Uh, they were yeah. surprised from what I understand that there was not more market uh, for Gallo uh, based on the last couple of weeks. But, you know, there's a recency bias. What have you done for me lately? And uh, nobody wanted to play big for him in terms of Lynn. Um, you know, I think uh, other teams were saying they were asking for too much. But, uh, I mean, it should be a seller's market. They have a guy with a hot hand here. A lot of teams need a starting pitcher. 
I get it why they asked a lot. So, I mean, they're a loser, but a loser with an asterisk to me. I got to say the Gallo thing uh, doesn't surprise me all that much. I know Joey had a terrific season last year where he kind of broke out, uh, tamped the strikeouts down a little bit, but he's kind of, it was one season of that. And he, and in this short sample size, he's kind of reverted back to some of those old habits. And I can see a team not quite wanting to throw in uh, some of their top tier prospects or, or players that they hold with significance and wanting to get a deal when you don't quite know what you're going to get from Joey Gallo. So not a surprise there on my end, but you're right. Texas didn't do anything really at the deadline. And I I think Boston kind of falls into that category too. I know they moved a few relievers, but you mentioned some of those big names that uh, a team that seemingly is in a full rebuild mode um, didn't move any of those type of players. You mentioned Bogarts. You mentioned Martinez. Both of those guys stay. Uh, I think the uh, the Red Sox might have missed out. Was there a team, uh, John, that surprised that you were surprised not to see any any action? I, I had the Yankees on this one. Yeah, yeah, the Yankees did surprise me. First on the Red Sox, uh, yeah, I, I think Bogarts. Uh, I don't blame him for keeping a good player like that. No, I, I don't. Him. He's under a long contract, although he does have an opt out after uh, two more years, so um, it's not as long as you might think. Uh, J.D. Martinez just not having a great year, has a good contract with opt-outs, so I can understand why uh, he probably didn't have a market. So I get that one. They did make some little trades that kind of went under the radar. They did trade uh, Pilar, and of course it's hard to evaluate a lot of these trades because a lot of these trades involve players to be named later because they're players that are not on the site. For whatever reason, they decided you can't trade somebody who's uh, not on the site, on the 60-man the pool and uh, so in the, the way to get, get around that is they are allowing player to be named later. So I think maybe they're saving the player's feelings. I'm not sure what the reason is, but it's difficult to evaluate a lot of these trades because most of them are player to be named later. Um, they did trade uh, a reliever, Osich. Uh, they had traded, as you mentioned, Hembry and Workman. So they traded five guys, but it doesn't feel like they did a lot. Uh, they still have Martin Perez, who you would think would have a value. Uh, right, they still have Christian right. Vasquez, who you would think would have a value, and Matt Barnes, a reliever. I'm shocked at how many uh, relievers stayed put with teams needing relievers. Um, you know, it's a little surprising to me uh, that more weren't dealt. I know the Dodgers were actually out there offering their relievers, uh, many of them, Alexander and uh, Kolarik, uh uh, were offered around and, and some others, and uh, they weren't able to make deals. I mean, uh, it was a situation where uh, teams were just not willing to give up prospects. And uh, really, the, the the biggest name that prospect that was traded might have been, um, other than Nail, if you count Quantrill and Naylor, I wouldn't. I would say they're major leaguers at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah. It might be Trammell, uh from the Padres. I mean, he was a great get when they got him. And had a big name, and I, I think they were disappointed in him. But at this point, uh, he's certainly got big potential, gives the Mariners a great outfield of the future. I know we're always talking about the future with the Mariners. There isn't anything to talk about with the past. But, uh, <laughs> right. I, 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 will, I will say they do have a great outfield of the future with Kalenic and Lewis, who's already a star, and, and Trammell. So we'll give them that. You know, typically, John, in, in, a, in a year in which you make some moves – you usually get more than 30 games to evaluate a guy that you're going to trade for or going to be trading. Uh, that's not the case in this 2020 season. They got uh, just over 30 plus games and the deadline hits. And, you know, it's, it's, 
one of those situations, you're going to find teams that are just reluctant. They don't feel like they have enough info and, and, and would rather stand pat than to make a wrong move. Every year, though, John, there's a team that seemingly moves from the middle of the pack to the front of the pack based on deadline. And obviously the Padres are a clear choice in that because uh, they were kind of already a favorite uh, moving into the season. Now that we've gotten to this point, they make all the deals. I think they move to the front of the pack. Is there anybody else that you saw uh, at the deadline that, that might've made that type of move? You know, I, I like what the Jays did. I mean, the Padres mm. are the biggest winner. We've said that many times. I, the Jays, to me, moved from the middle of the pack to to somewhat above that. I like Ross Stripling for them, a solid pitcher. Uh, their offense is good enough that uh, solid pitchers will do well there. I mean, he might have been excess for the Dodgers, but he helps them. Taiwan Walker's already had a good start for the Jays, another solid pitcher. And, you know, if they can unlock the key to Robbie Ray, he's gone back to his old uh, arm slot, and uh, some people think this is going to help him. Uh, no more short army, huh? he had, Yeah, 30, we had 31 walks in 31 innings. That's pretty rough. So uh, the Diamondbacks were trying to give him away. I know they talked to the Yankees, and a lot of teams didn't want him. But, hey, the Jays got three guys. They're going to give Ray a shot at starting. We'll see how that goes. They do have also guys coming back from injury. Nate Pearson um, had a flexor. Uh, strain and uh, he, he's expected back fairly soon. They got pretty good news on him. Shoemaker, they think he may be back. Giles will be back, uh, they believe. And the big one, Bo Bichette, uh, will be coming back uh, this month, they say. They did not putting an exact timetable on it, but in the meantime, they got VR from the uh, Marlins uh, to play shortstop. Didn't pan out with the Marlins. They didn't like his style of uh, VR. They thought he, they didn't like the fact he would steal third with two outs, uh, that he would swing on three and oh, he, they felt that he was on his own program. I mean, I'm not going to comment. I don't know. I haven't seen enough games, but he didn't jibe with them for whatever reason. He's also a shortstop by trade. He'll go back to shortstop uh, for Toronto and he's going to be a solid one there. They looked at Simmons, but uh, they feel that he's not 100% yet coming back off of the injury that he had. And uh, VR is a, a solid shortstop, and hopefully he'll fit in better in Toronto. But they, they Blue Jays did quite a bit. It's over overlooked a bit because of the Padres did so much great stuff. But I, I think the Blue Jays uh, did themselves well. They did look at Clevenger and Lynn, but uh, they didn't want to give up their big prospects, and I, and I get that. Yeah, I like what the Blue Jays did. It, it, it's quiet, and, and I think it's quiet because, as you mentioned, the Padres made so many moves, but uh, they're only five and a half out of the, of the National League East behind the Yankees and Tampa, and, and they're getting healthier. So uh, they're banking on – and remember, the first two teams in each division will get into the playoffs, and then it's a scramble for the third-place teams to fill up the final spot. Toronto's in a good position right now, so – We'll yeah, see. I mean, the, the AL is is kind of almost set, right? You've got the separation, which is one of the reasons that there weren't as many trades. I think uh, the eight teams feel pretty good about their chances to get in. Uh, the National League is more of a jumble with so many teams right a little bit below 500, you know, uh, from Milwaukee and uh, the Mets and uh, uh, Cincinnati, uh, Philadelphia, even Washington. Uh, they all feel like they can get in. And uh, that's why I thought we see a little more action with the National League. And, uh, uh, you know, the American League teams did not do a lot. If you look at what they did, very little. 
uh, compared to the others, the Jays did quite a bit, and I, I commend them for that. And I, I think they actually are a threat right now, which is saying something because they lost 95 games last year. Let's not forget yeah. that. Of course, the Padres have come a long way, too. Your Padres, uh, they, they were not very good last year, and, uh, you know, they are certainly a threat. Yeah, this is a different monster this year. They, I think if you watched the Padres play in the second half of last season, it would be hard to argue that they didn't pack it in. But this year, they've been attuned. Jace Tingler and that staff has been terrific all season long. He has these guys believing. And now, one thing a, a deadline can do for a team, when you see your organization go out and make as many moves as the Padres did or as the Blue Jays did, in that locker room, that starts to resonate. They start to feel like, okay, this organization believes in what we're doing, and that can go a long way in, in, in pushing a team over the top. John, I got to ask you because I was certainly surprised to see Minnesota, especially struggling the way they've lost six straight, uh, not really involved in any of these uh, deals at all. Yeah, I, you know what? Uh, I think they're confused, and I, and I get it. I, it looks on paper like they have a fantastic offense, yet the offense is not what's been fantastic for them. The pitching has been really good, uh, and you know they were linked to a lot of starters, but the starters that they were linked to, they weren't going to go out and get Clevenger because they're not going to trade uh, Kirloff and Royce Lewis. They have you know a small group of fantastic prospects that they want to hold on to, and, and I get that. Uh, so they weren't going to get those guys. And the the other pitchers that were out there, even including Lynn, uh, might be a slight upgrade over what they've got. But they've got a, now a decent rotation that's doing well. So uh, they were in a funny spot. I thought maybe they would add a reliever. Uh, I thought some of these teams uh, in, the, in the American League would do a little bit more with relief. But, uh, you know, they're still a good team. Uh, they've been a little disappointing lately. Uh and uh, to lose to the Tigers so many times, uh, look, Detroit's been uh, quite a surprise. We got a few of them, Detroit and, and the Marlins. And uh, yeah, speaking of which, uh, how about the Marlins with, with what they did? They they came in and, and did some interesting stuff. They they, they, they did. They're a seller for the first time. I, I don't think they're used to that. I mean, they're, they're, I, they can't be. I mean, they're they're fifteen and fifteen, uh, sitting tied for second in that National League East uh, with the Philadelphia Phillies, and they acquire Sterling Marte, who, as you mentioned, the Diamondbacks were in sell mode. They, they've given up on this season. They acquire Sterling Marte, uh, and it's it's. I'm, I'm not going to lie, John. I'm, I'm a little confused. I'm, I guess I'm not confused because they're in second place, but this is an organization that if we weren't in a 60-game season, I don't know we would be having the same conversation. 162 games has a funny way of weeding out the weaker teams. Um so I don't know if they'd be in this conversation, but again, in a 60 game season, it, it kind of changes everything, right? It, it really does. I mean, uh, you know, they think they're in it. Um, you wouldn't think so with the team that they're fielding and the fact that they lost 18 guys for a while to COVID. Uh, it's really the miracle Marlins and they needed a right-handed bat and they wanted somebody for the middle of the lineup. They like Marte. They think he fits in as their kind of guy. And, uh, you know, they got all these lefties in the lab now and more lefties, Blade and others coming. So he fits for them. They're going to pick up his option and uh, they're quite happy with it. VR, as I said, they didn't, he did not fit there for whatever reason. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think that the Marlins uh, did all right for themselves. Uh, you know, they gave up Umberto Mejia. That was really the key guy in the trade with the D-backs for Marte. Uh, 
guy who jumped from a ball and had a nice start at the major league level uh, this year, but also Caleb Smith, who's a solid starter, but the Marlins uh, were working from strength. They, they have 10 guys yeah. you could look at yeah. and say, these are major league starters. And uh, certainly with Lopez, the way he's going, Alcantara and Sanchez, who's been fantastic. I mean, they're a threat to win some one, nothing games. So they only need a little offense and they, that's what they got. A little offense. Yeah, they, they did. And, uh, I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. We 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 did have Don Mattingly on, and he told us that he felt like this team had a chance to be pretty good. Here they are, five hundred coming into this last month of the season, <laughs> making deals. So I, I guess we should have listened to to old Donnie baseball. I I, I got to say, you had the Blue Jays as being kind of like the the sleeper, uh, the sleep winner of this deadline. How about the Cubs? They made some good yep. moves, I thought, to to strengthen their team. It doesn't necessarily like boost them to being the clear cut favorite, but I like the additions. They bring in Josh Osick from uh from the Red Sox. Uh, they they get Andrew Chafin from the Diamondbacks, who I've seen a lot of, and then they add some some veteran outfield death in Cam Maben. Uh, I really like the moves that the Cubs made in this at this deadline. Yeah, you might consider them little moves, but uh, left-handers. I mean, I thought every team needed a left-hander, and here they yeah. got two of them with uh, Chafin and Osick. And uh, they really have struggled against left-handed pitching themselves. So uh, even before this, getting Jose Martinez really fit them. I mean, he, he rakes against uh, lefties. And, uh, you know, I, I I think they did the little things that helped. And I, how, how do you not like Cam Mabin? I mean, Cam Mabin is yeah. one of the best guys to have awesome. on your team uh, in, in baseball. So that's a plus. It's always a plus for me. Uh, even if he does a little bit on the field, he's still going to be great for the team. So uh, they made four, what you would say, little moves, but they were all helpful, I think. Yeah, let's stay with some of these teams that are on the fringe for playoffs, those fighting for maybe those those last two uh, wild card spots. Uh, the Phillies, uh, they needed bullpen help probably more than anybody in the country, and they did that. Do, do you think the guys they brought in will be enough to, to, to help get them over the hump, at least to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I wonder about that. I mean, there were not a ton of, of let's say, grade A relievers out there. I mean, Workman certainly yeah. uh, has the potential. Phelps is a guy Girardi knows and likes. That That's a plus. Girardi's good at working that uh, uh, pen. Uh, but, uh, you know, I still have questions about that pen. We talked about this in the first show. We uh, The Phillies pen has been a question, and, um, you know, it's certainly better. Um, you know, their offense is so good. Uh, Wheeler's been very good. Obviously, Nola's terrific. They have some great elements. I I'm still wondering if they have enough in that pen. Uh, they did help it, though, uh, but they, they might have needed even more help. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It seems like this might be just a little bit short in terms of getting – but, again, they're fighting with the Marlins right now, and, and I guess you could add the Mets in there for, you know, third place in that division or second place in that division – Another team that, that kind of fits that Marlins uh, description we gave is the Giants. Uh, here they are, 17 and 19. Uh, they're, they're a little bit of ways behind the Padres and Dodgers. But, uh, again, eight teams get in. They're only a half a game behind Colorado uh, and, and two a game behind uh, the, the Philadelphia Phillies. What What is it that – they're they're kind of in the same boat as of Miami, right? They're they're supposed to be rebuilding in this short season, though they find themselves kind of in it. 
Yeah, same thing happened to them last year where nobody thought they were going to do anything. They rallied there right before the deadline. They held on to Bumgarner and Will Smith did not trade them. They did give them qualifying offers, so uh, they were able to get draft choices uh, for them. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, in this case, uh, they had starting pitchers that really would have helped teams. And, uh, you know, but it's it, it, the way things have shaped up in the National League, they're, they're a contender. Uh, shockingly enough, uh, with, thanks to our guy, Mike Yastrzemski, who we had on this podcast last week and some others yeah. uh, and some solid pitching, uh, they're in it. So it's hard when you're in it, it's hard to really sell. I, I mean, uh, you know, uh, there was that white flag trade from 97 where the White Sox sold to San Francisco. Uh, and when teams do that, they get killed for it. So, uh, you know, I, I think it would have taken uh, quite a bit of courage for them to sell. I mean, in when, we, when this shakes out, we'll see whether this was the right move. But, uh, you know, they certainly didn't uh, give up any prospects or do anything like that. So uh, they just kind of played in the middle. Uh, okay, let's move into the shoulda, coulda, woulda category. This is a category I find to be probably the most entertaining come deadline. Uh, was there anyone that you thought was a guarantee to be traded and wasn't? I, I thought, in my mind, Lance Lynn, uh, mm. you know, I mean, I guess nobody's guaranteed and he's got that extra year. But, you know, we've heard since that the they're going to – Rangers are going to take a step back, and I don't mean to keep picking on them, but if they're going to take a step back next year and not expect to contend, uh, you know, in this market where he was clearly the best starter once Clevenger went in the morning, you had many hours to do it. I know John Daniels, the GM, did trade Darvish uh, right at the 4 o'clock a few years ago to L.A., um, and uh, I I thought we were going to see a deal for him. Uh, That kind of shocked me that he wasn't – that he wasn't dealt the same along the same lines that uh, Dylan Bundy. I think the same position the angels were in. Um, I think they were hurt by the fact that Simmons was not healthy. He's a free agent to be. And uh, so they, they were stuck there, but Dylan Bundy's having a nice year for them. And I, I always believe in selling high. So Lynn is having a great year. Bundy's having a very good year. Um, I think selling high is the way to go, but uh, the angels didn't want to take a step back for next year too. They have a, Obviously, they got Mike Trout and Rendon in a great lineup, and you know they have trouble finding pitching. So they found a pitcher in Bundy, and now they're going to have him for another year. But uh, you know, uh, to me, he would it would have been a sell high opportunity for them. Well, was there a team uh, that you're hearing was most frustrated at the end of the deadline who needed to make a move <laughs> and couldn't get anything done? Uh, you know, I think there any team that tried to make moves and uh, didn't get it done uh, was going to be frustrated. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure that the Yankees were hoping to do something. Yeah. Um, everybody wanted their top guys. Uh, and they right now they need uh, Frazier. It's funny how he's gone up and down uh, with them. And uh, right now they need him. And Davey Garcia, they're not trading him after that first outing that he had. Uh, and they love Clark Schmidt, the pitcher. So, they're they they're like other teams. They don't give up their prospects now. So, I mean, I'm sure they're frustrated, but, um, you know, they're hoping for health. That's basically all you can do if they're, yeah. if you're them. Yeah. Uh, prospects, the, the new going currency in major league baseball. All right. Last one from the shoulda, coulda, woulda categories. Uh, any trade that you're hearing almost happened that didn't happen? 
Um, you know, I heard that the Brewers were close to getting a big hitter, but I, I'm going to frustrate you because I, I still haven't pinned down who that hitter was. So uh, <laughs> okay. we're going to we're going to be a little frustrated with that now. I, you know, I, there's always a lot of trades that are, are close uh, and don't don't happen for whatever reason. But uh, I think the most interesting thing was how the Padres dominated, which is what we said and how their trades covered up the fact that there were about a dozen guys who we thought might be traded who weren't Bauer, Hader, J.D., Bogarts, Lindor, Gallo, Lynn, Cueto, Bundy, Cobb. You know, it's a long list of guys who we expected to be traded. And uh, I think the Padres uh, saved the day for us. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into John Heyman's inside corner when we return. Big time baseball on the way. 